calling all my footy fans from all around the globe. Straight out of NYC, this is The Line Breaker. Yo, what's up everyone? Welcome to The Line Breaker. My name is Pano. I'm Dimitri, aka Juicy. And we're here to talk to you about a massive story that's been absolutely engulfing every news outlet in the football world, and that is, where in the world is Kylian Mbappe gonna go? I mean, listen, I feel like we've been hearing nonstop stories the moment that the news broke, that he has no interest in renewing and PSG needs to sell him. It's basically accelerated every day, a new twist in the story. First, we heard, of course, that Kylian Mbappe didn't wanna agree any sort of new deal. He didn't wanna stay at PSG. Then we heard PSG basically knew now they have to sell. Now there's proof, we've seen video proof, photo proof, that Mbappe has been indeed banished to basically the outsiders, the team of players basically who PSG have no more plans for in the immediate future. So he's basically training with guys like Wijnaldum, one of your boys. He's not boys, actually his boys. <laughs> but so he's been training basically with the misfits the guys who want to get sold. And another huge twist in the story that we just heard is that none other than Saudi Arabia is here to maybe add a new twist to the story. Because, of course, we've heard all along, Kylian Mbappe, he wants Madrid. Madrid wants Mbappe. It's only a matter of time. Now this paves the way for Madrid to get Kylian Mbappe. But Al-Hilal have... According to a lot of sources, and Fabrizio Romano basically says it's no problem, it's going to get accepted, Al-Halal have bid 300 million euros for Kylian Mbappe, and it's basically been accepted by PSG. How do you feel about this? Overall, I can't blame the ownership group of PSG. Uh, I think looking for a team or a club to sell him to is the right decision to make if he doesn't want to stay rather than waiting a whole season and letting him walk for free. So I can't blame them for wanting to offload him. And if I'm Mbappe, I can't really speak because I don't know what his cards are and what he's thinking. But overall, the scary thing is, is we have a Saudi group coming into the mix. One of the four teams in Saudi Arabia owned by the public investment fund and you know, we, we never thought that this would happen with such a young, talented player and basically the future of soccer for the next decade. So as we know, last year, Ronaldo moved to Saudi Arabia. And nobody really thought of it. it. People compared it to the MLS, you know, a player aging on his way out, just trying to get a bag. And that was really all it was. Retirement league, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah retirement, retirement league. Easy money, something to, uh, you know, just get by and collect that cash. But as we saw in the last few months, we've seen all these players sign with Saudi Arabian teams owned by the foreign investment, the public, the public investment fund in Saudi Arabia. Most of these players were in their 30s, also on their way out. Big names, you know, Benzema being one of them. And nobody thought really much of it. You know, other players on their way out, just trying to collect some cash. And then the real issue came with somebody like Ruben Neves in the prime of his career in his mid-20s, and just doesn't want the competition, doesn't want to be in the Premier League and sells out for the cash, essentially. 
And now we, we hear rumors of Saint Maximin, who might be sold to a Saudi Arabian club, but he's also owned by Newcastle, which is owned by the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund. With same owners. With, yep, creates a little uh, conflict. Conflict of interest of sorts. And I'm, I'm going to add there with, with Dimitri is that the Allen St. Maximin deal is basically a done deal. It's here we go from Fabrizio Romano. Believe the fee. You know the fee better than me. 40 million? I think it was 30 million pounds. 30 million pounds. Okay. So it's a lot of money for a player who I know I feel like he gets a lot of clout. I feel like he's that Instagram footballer, right? Yeah. He's, he looks, he's flashy. He's, he's easy on the eyes. Not much end product, though. Definitely a guy who Newcastle feel like they can replace with maybe a more efficient player, maybe a player who serves Eddie Howe better, and that's obviously Harvey Barnes, who has now been officially confirmed in a Newcastle shirt. He might have been in Philly this past weekend. I'm not 100% sure, but they've gotten Harvey Barnes for £38 million. They sold Alan St. Maximin for just about £30 million. I mean, they're basically balancing their books almost by selling to themselves, right? Essentially, some some Premier, other Premier League teams have brought up some concerns about this move. Um, one one similar transaction that comes to mind is the ownership group of Man City and NYCFC. When and uh, a few years ago, uh, NYCFC bought Frank Lampard and loaned him out to Man City. So there was again the conflict of interests coming into play. And some Premier League teams have raised concerns about this being the same thing, where they're selling someone above market value claims, quote unquote, to bring in a new player that's going to help out Newcastle. Uh, essentially, this could, could lead to bigger problems down the road when you have the four Saudi Arabian teams owned by the same group as Newcastle, potentially in manufactured bidding wars against each other, to purchase players from Newcastle, which would give them then the available funds to go out and get stars from other leagues and make Newcastle a better team in general. And it's pretty important to note that like, this is a direct ownership link. I know that for those of you who like keep pretty up to date with like football, soccer transfers, and also just like news in general, obviously there was a whole big thing about Chelsea basically getting the spotlight for selling their Deadwood to Saudi Arabia, which at this point now, after we've seen Alex Tellez go to Saudi Arabia, after we've seen players like Jordan Henderson is going to go, Fabinho looks like most likely going to go, guys like that. Alexander Mitrovic, Mitrovic trying to force his way to Saudi Arabia. It looks like it's those teams, obviously, whether it's the Chelsea's, the Manu's, the Liverpool's, you can say what you want, you can say it's wrong, but they're not directly owned by the Saudi Arabian PIF. So maybe their friends, maybe their owners are friends, look, they're rich people, right? You gotta have friends in high places, you gotta network, but we're talking about direct ownership between clubs that can create a huge conflict of interest and can basically bail Newcastle out in terms of what basically you're gonna tell me about, which is obviously their FFP, right? Yeah, you can have, you can have multiple teams from the Saudi Arabian League essentially in a bidding war, a manufactured bidding war, to buy players from Newcastle to bring them to the Saudi League and inflate their transfer fee. Therefore, Newcastle can go out and get 
bigger name players. You know, it's not rumored, but for example, Mbappe. But the issue is, now that Saudi Arabia is linked to bringing Mbappe to their league, it's, it's ultimately, ultimately like a big problem. Three, three months ago, nobody thought that this was even a thing. You know, if I told you even a year ago that half of the players that went to Saudi Arabia would go, you would say, no way, you're crazy. And now, like three months ago, if I told you Mbappe might go, again, you would say, no, you're crazy. But here we are. Uh, the reported, the estimate, the reported wages were almost, I think, over 700 million for one year to Mbappe himself. And I just think it's, it's a bad precedent for the sport. If Mbappe goes, which I thought was untouchable in terms of going to Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia. if Mbappe goes, I think all bets are off. I wouldn't be surprised if any of the other superstars go. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Real Madrid gets a bid for Vinny in the next transfer window next year. If Holland gets a, if Man City get a bid for Holland, I wouldn't be surprised anymore if Mbappe goes. I think he's the first big domino that could lead to other major players going to Saudi Arabia. You can't seriously expect Mbappe to go to Saudi Arabia, though, right? Like, there's no, there's no way. I mean, listen, we've been proven wrong the last year with the type of players they brought in. You know, at first they were old, mid twenties. Now they're they're looking to to get the future of the sport essentially in Mbappe. I mean, even something as simple when I think about it, even something as simple as Mendy, for instance, Edward Mendy. If you told me a year ago that UEFA uh, I'm pretty sure he was the goalie of the year, but he definitely was obviously instrumental in Chelsea's Champions League win, and he was basically riding on a high at that point. If you would have told me a year ago, he's in his prime still. I believe he just turned 30. He's around there. Maybe he's like low 30s. For a goalie that's your prime, going to Saudi Arabia, I would have I wouldn't have believed you if you told me that he was moving after you know basically being one of the best goalies in the world up until the point that he got injured. So I see what you're saying. I still, I mean, look, I'm looking at reports. Fabrizio has kept it pretty tight, but it seems like it's still Real Madrid or bust for Mbappe. So I don't think that we have to get too too worried too quickly for a player of Mbappe's magnitude. Just rumors right now. Just, just rumors. Just rumors. But I definitely think that this can completely destabilize an already pretty volatile transfer market. Think about if you're selling, if you're PSG, you just received a 300 million euro bid from Al-Halal. Why would you take anything less? The only, the only reason why they would even accept anything less is if they accept the 300 and Mbappe says, no, I'm going to Real Madrid. And then it's basically between, because he has a year left on his contract. He's like, all right, I'll leave for free then. Mm -hmm. So you either let me go to Madrid for this fee or I leave for free. So he definitely has a little bit more leverage. But $300 million for Mbappe, some of these fees, it's going to absolutely blow the transfer market into like a whole other oblivion of just inflated transfer fees. And like you said before, right, with Newcastle and FFP, the reason why Newcastle can't spend crazy amounts right now is that FFP was basically designed so that like Chelsea's and Man City's can't happen again or they can't happen as quickly. So you can't spend a ton of money right away. It's based on like your revenue and other things that you're bringing in. And that's kind of how they come up with what you can spend, I believe. Pretty sure that's how it works. So they can't do that right away. But 
if they're getting all these huge fees for their players, then they can spend no problem. If you're getting 40 million, even if they sell maybe one of their homegrown players who there's no, it's, it's straight profit on the books for them. There's no amortization or anything like that. Straight profit. They could cash that in and they could spend their money. So I can definitely see why there can be huge problems in the future between what's going on in Saudi Arabia with the PIF and then your links to Newcastle. I mean, I guess we're going to have to see, right? I guess so. Hypothetically speaking, would can we see the Saudis doing something similar to what City did where – they have all these players in their four, on their four squads in Saudi Arabia that are then being loaned out to Newcastle. They could, they could be doing that. And you know what? We don't even know what the PIF has in store in terms of other club ownership. Sure. Manchester City owns 13 clubs, I believe. They just bought uh, Bahia in Brazil. So I believe they're at 13. City Football Group has 13 clubs. And they don't have nearly the amount of money just kind of crazy that Saudi Arabia does. So who knows? Newcastle and the Saudi clubs in general might just be the tip of the iceberg for the PIF. There could be other clubs that they buy. We have no clue. So this can, you know, trickle down. You, you don't think Man City has uh, enough money, uh, as as much money as Newcastle? With because I think. Uh... The new uh, sponsorship deals for Newcastle kind of just put them over the edge. Yeah, they might have, right? What is it? Sella? Um, what is it? Uh, Newcastle. <laughs> Newca I got to look up the Newcastle. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Sella, which if you look up, is a company that has a bare bones website. Not much is known about them. Maybe they're a real company. But if you look deep down at the bottom of the page of their website, Owned by the Saudi Arabian PIF. Now, I was just telling you about this. All right, nobody has said anything about this. I don't see an uproar. I don't see Gary Neville losing his cool or Jamie Carragher. But I guarantee you, this is the one time where I'm going to defend Chelsea. I guarantee if Chelsea got a front shirt sponsor of someone who's on the books of Clear Lake Capital, who's like basically part of their ownership group, I guarantee you The Athletic puts out an article the Times from The Guardian. Gary Neville's going to say that Chelsea's ruining football. I guarantee that someone says it. So I think it's hilarious that nobody has really put, you know, there hasn't been much of an uproar in terms of basically, again, inflating your finances by putting your front shirt sponsor as a company who you own. I think for me, that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. That's like, I have more of an issue with that than all the other stuff. Because for me, and I know... I think I'm a little more lax about it than Dimitri is. I just think that this is where soccer and world football in general is trending. There's just going to be sovereign ownership. Only the rich can own these teams. They're going to own more teams. So I think it's it's inevitable, and all these things are just going to like happen even more often. I, I think I think the the state sponsored teams is an issue even for big clubs in England. As we've seen, I think Kroenke, who owns Arsenal, mm -hmm. he has to compete with these people uh, who own City and Newcastle who have way more money than them, so that's going against him. But these, as we mentioned, these ownership groups have teams in other, other leagues, other countries that are purchasing players. As we've seen in the past, they've loaned them out to their 
prime team, I guess you can say. Does that create another obstacle for big owners for Liverpool, Ars uh, Arsenal down the line? I think it absolutely does. I think it, it changed the game already, but I think it, it's going to change the game even more. And we're going to see it's going to definitely going to be tough to compete, especially just in terms of, I guess it'd be more cash flow, right? Because like obviously there's still FFP there, but I mean the results speak for themselves. Manchester City is the best team in the world. Bottom line, they are. True, but I do feel like Newcastle and Man City can manufacture getting around the FFP. Man, Man City well, had... Seen. Yeah, we, we have seen, but Man City has also been hit with a hundred or over a hundred financial irregularities. I think it's 115, to be exact. No, and, and, uh, who's counting? Who's counting? And, and they had a proposed two-year European ban, which kind of got swept under the rug, not much news on it. So It's almost as if if you have enough money to afford better lawyers, then you know those kind of things can go away. You don't play like by it. the rules. You don't well, play by yeah, the rules. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, I mean, there's that too. I mean, if you're rich enough, they could probably get away with it. So... <laughs> Hey, listen, I mean, sucks for anyone who's not owned by a state. Sometimes, you know, every, everyone used to give Rush, uh, the, the Russian ownership well, of Chelsea, Roman Abramovich, they used to give him a tough time. But listen, that's not, he didn't have nearly as much money as obviously Manchester City or Newcastle do. So And the foreign ownership, correct? Well, oh, Chelsea's current ownership, you're saying? Uh, Abramovich, he didn't have any... Uh other teams and other leagues did he no no he did not there was an a guardian article that came out that alleged that he might have but that's also been debunked <laughs> and i can't wait for my boy to start suing everyone he's gonna have a field day with that but no they didn't own any other clubs so there was no sort of multi-club model there but as we see saudi arabia multi-club model so far well the beginning of it and obviously same thing with manchester city so overall the way that I see it is, Dimitri, you're definitely thinking this is an issue. A hundred percent. So, look, what we want to know is what do you think about the Kylian Mbappe whole transfer saga? Is he going to go to Saudi Arabia? My money's on no. I don't think that he's going to go to Saudi Arabia. But still, do you think he's going to go to Saudi Arabia? How do you feel about the Newcastle ownership in the Saudi Arabian teams and how they connect to Newcastle themselves? How do you feel about sovereign wealth funds basically investing in football teams in general? You let us know. You, don't, you let us know in the comments below. That's going to be the question that we pose to you. Mbappe, what do you think? Where is he going? And state-owned clubs. Do you love them? Do you hate them? Do you wish that you could be part of one? <laughs> Sometimes I wish I would be. But other than that, we want to thank you for joining us for this video. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe for more content. All right? But on that note, I'm Pano. I'm Dimitri, a.k.a. Juicy. And this was The Line Breaker. We're out of here.